Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. We do an industry review, as regular listeners will know, each week, and it's that time of the show when we do it. Veneers and teeth whitening are becoming the new breast augmentation. One of the dentist industry insiders we contacted this week told us, although they used slightly less elegant language, dentists across Ireland are seeing a significant increase in the demand for their services after the pandemic. A trend that many practitioners are noticing is the so-called Zoom effect. Yes, people want to look as well as possible on a Zoom, uh, including their teeth. The dentist industry generally is booming. It's hard to get services. There's a shortage of graduates coming into the industry as well. And a lot of services are not necessarily available at a reasonable price for patients. And it is a major, major problem. And we're going to discuss it today with three people who have a keen eye on this whole area. I have Caroline Robbins, who's chair of the GP committee of the Irish Dental Association, and she is a dentist at Kiwi Dental in Carlow. We have Lisa Craven, who is a dentist and founder of Spotlight Care in Galway. And we have Keith Redmond, who is the owner of Redmond Dental Care here in Dublin City. You're all very welcome to the show. I really appreciate you coming along. Um, let's go first maybe to Caroline and... Um, Caroline, is you've been working as a dentist for a good while. What kind of pressures are you noticing at the moment in the industry? Well, thanks very much for having me. Um, pressures at the moment are um, we just don't have enough dentists in the country to serve the needs out there. Um, there's a chronic shortage of dentists available. Um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, two wonderful dentists working with me and I'm very extremely lucky to have a new graduate from Cork who graduated last year uh, from a class of 54 last year, there are 28 dentists working in the country. Um, the dental schools, obviously, they obviously have an educational part of it, but they also have, uh, they have to balance the books and they get a lot of, uh, you know, fee-paying students. So there would be a lot of Canadians and Malaysian or Singaporean students. And of the class of last year, not one single Canadian stayed in the country. They've all gone home. Yeah, I want to focus on this in particular because I have personal uh, testimony on this. Uh, my dentist, whose name shall remain um, anonymous on this show, but I'm sure if he is listening, he'll, he'll hear me. It's very hard to get a clean. It's very hard to get a dental hygienist. Can you just give our listeners an idea? Because that's why a lot of people go for care and maintenance more than a big procedure. Can you give us an idea of how few people are coming into that area every year through the educational system? Oh, again, absolutely. I mean, anyone who attends my surgery knows my single biggest mantra is if there's nothing else that you do, you get a good relationship with your hygienist. It's the single best investment you'll make in your mouth for your future. Um, You don't buy a house on a dodgy foundation and your teeth don't function well on dodgy foundations either. I think it's about eight were trained in Dublin last year. Eight people? Yeah, and then, of course, the year before, because of COVID, I think the the course in Cork didn't happen at all. Um, It's an incredibly hard course to get into. It's completely, like, I mean, the numbers are farcical. And I think, and I know there are so many dentists out there who are just desperate for a dentist. And I know, I mean, I'm very, very fortunate. I have a fantastic hygienist who's been with us for 10 years. I think if she was to leave, I probably would be in a hot mess. It would be... Because there's just there's nobody there's just not enough numbers out there. So if there's not enough numbers, then people can't get appointments and the roll on from there. It's it's yeah. It's okay. It's let's come on to um, two of our, our guests who are on the phone line. Keith Redmond, I'll go to you first. Keith, I mean this is an extraordinary seven or eight people coming out of a dental hygiene course for a population of five million people. If you take them all in, I mean w- w- what's going on? 
Well, basically what's going on is that the dental hospitals have a monopoly on the training of uh, dental hygienists and uh, six to eight a year are qualified. The points, are, as were previously mentioned by your uh, other speaker there, the points for hygiene are now up around the same as for dentistry. I mean, you're talking about 500 max, 550 points for hygiene it, it, because of so few spaces. Um, we simply don't have any impetus on the dental hospital side to train more. Um, they, they're perfectly comfortable with the number. They don't really see any need to feed the industry as such. They're academic institutions. So um, this is where we're stuck. Uh, they have a monopoly and uh, we have to try and source hygienists from abroad. I've been looking for a hygienist for two months to replace a departing colleague who's going traveling. And for two months, I haven't had one application. Uh, and so it's, it's I mean, just extraordinary. I, mean, I suppose we all know that you guys, as in the dentist, you guys can do this procedure, right? But you don't want to spend all day presumably just doing cleaning, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a division of labor thing. I mean, you know, we have perfectly trained people and hygienists to carry out this, this role. And so you don't really want dentists who are, you know, more highly trained to do other things uh, to do those things. So if you do, then obviously you have fewer dental hours available for dentists to do your your fillings, your root canals, your extractions. So it's a division of everything that made sense when hygienists were, were when the role was created. Uh, but unfortunately now we just do not have enough numbers. And as I say, there's just no impetus uh, in Trinity or in UCC to graduate more. Let me go on to, um, or out west to Galway, where Lisa Craven should be there as well. Lisa, I'm going to veer away a little bit from the cleaning things. I don't want that to dominate the entire conversation. But what, what is the demand at the moment? I mean, apart from emergency procedures like extractions and fillings, the normal sort of bread and butter of a dental practice, what other things are, are, are patients looking for right this moment from what you can see? I, I think, like, along with the, the basic treatments, like, you know, cleanings, exams and, and basic dental care, I think there's a huge rise in the interest of cosmetic dentistry. Um, and I, I agree, you know, um, with the guys as well. Like, I think dental practices, in my opinion, work best when we have, you know, certain people doing what they do best. So every dentist will have a special interest. Um, and actually, patients get a higher level of care when they go to the hygienist to get their hygiene. They go to a specialist to get, you know, maybe root canal or orthodontic treatment, or maybe they, you know, they have a dentist who has a special interest in, in braces or, or root canal. So I, I think that it's about, like, patients are expecting that level of care. Dentists want to give the best level of care, but without the correct team around you in, in a dental clinic, it's really, really hard to offer that highest standard of care that we all want to offer. And I think cosmetic dentistry is, it's only getting more and more popular. We have more and more options. But again, it does come back to that staffing issue and, and that team building to be able to offer um, and to be able to even take time to educate and train your team and, and to build out that team for longevity. Um, and Lisa, so I think, give us an idea of, of kind of the balance in your own practice between what I might, might call ordinary dental procedures versus the cosmetic stuff. Like what, what kind of balance would you be looking at? Yeah, like I think, you know, for us in our clinic, we, we were one of the first, you know, clinics in Ireland to introduce Invisalign, you know, and so we've always been quite, you know, focused on offering, um, you know, the best of cosmetic treatments. And um, so I would say it's a, it is a huge, huge aspect of our clinic um, that has grown and grown. But again, it, it's, it's like everything, you know, cosmetic treatments is only, it's only possible if, you know, the basics are there. You're, you have hygienists. Because we can't be engaging in, you know, cosmetic treatments if the basic care of our, our patients isn't provided for. 
So if I was to provide Invisalign or, or bonding or veneers, you know, the first thing I have to do is make sure that everything is clean and healthy yeah. and stable. Um, so it is that combination and, and they always go hand in hand. So that so until you put in that foundation, some of the mm-hmm. cosmetic stuff is also going to be slowed down. Caroline, as you can probably imagine, and you probably expected this as soon as you walk <laughs> into a radio studio, my screen is lighting up with various comments sure. about the cost of various procedures, root canals in particular uh, being cited as a problem. I mean, we do know so many Irish people, Republic of Ireland citizens go to Northern Ireland. So that tells you something, doesn't it, about pricing in the industry? It does. And look, um, I think if you spoke to any dentist working in any country or anywhere, it's the same thing. Dentistry, I mean, yes, I know I appreciate dentistry is can be expensive. Dentistry is very expensive to provide. Um, the business of dentistry is is relevant to, I suppose, the cost of living and the running of a business in the Republic of I mean, in the Republic of Ireland. Anyone, regardless of whether I'm a dentist or whether I'm running a radio station, it has to be at set at what you know it takes my overheads to be. So yes, of course, I understand people go to Northern Ireland. I appreciate people go to Turkey and so forth. But actually, funnily enough, if you list, uh, say, for example, uh, a lot of Australians and New Zealanders would go to India for a treatment. Um, a lot of people, the national of India, go to Pakistan because they actually think it's too expensive. In so I think it's relative. I, I I agree. I do. I do appreciate that. But for something like a root canal, incredibly intricate, very time consuming. The amount of skill needed and the amount of materials and equipment required to to do it is incredibly expensive. Um, so look, I, I don't go into my surgery and sit down and make up a fee in my head and think, oh, that looks lovely, that'll be great to charge. It's very much based on what my overheads are, what my staff costs are, what my hourly rates, my, my staff, my rates, my loans, my material costs. You know, it, it, there is a science to it. Um, and yeah, I, I do, I get it. I get it. But, um, you know, unfortunately, that is what it is. Keith, we've had an underlying thread running through our programme. I hope you were tuning in earlier, which is about prices and inflation. And and you guys are not in any way um, a, a cut off from that or exempted from it. So can you give us our, our listeners, they'd love to know, I think, where would something like that impact a dental practice? Is it in equipment? Is it in staff, which you've mentioned? Just give us an idea of uh, how uh, the, the environment is inflating for you guys, even at a dental surgery level. Well, long before the general economy had... Uh had heard about inflation again. Medical inflation, dental inflation in particular, has been running wild for the last probably 10 years. Uh, if you look at the labour costs, as I say, as a result of the shortage, well, dental nurses, uh, hygienists, dental associates, uh, the dentists who work for others, their, the, their wage costs, if you like, have been increasing time and time again. Hygienists, I think at this stage, probably you're looking at a, a 100% increase in wages in the last five years. Um, so, you're, you know, you're, you're talking enormous costs on the labour side. It is a labour intensive uh, skill set, obviously. But then the capital costs involved with uh, setting up and running a dental practice are enormous. So if you compare us, for example, to our medical GP colleagues, who may have small equipment, stethoscopes and various things. You just think about when you walk into a dental practice, the dental chair, the x-ray machines, um, sterilisation systems. I mean, there's an enormous capital cost there. And the value of all of that, has gone up and up and up as the demand for dentistry has gone up. So we're a small economy. We have a number of suppliers, but very few really. And as a result, that small number of providers means that we pay a premium, even over our UK colleagues Mm. on the costs. You mentioned Northern Ireland there. I mean, they're completely different economies. Mm. I mean, wage costs, capital costs, taxes, everything. I mean, you're not comparing apples with apples there. So when when you're talking about inflation on its own, we've just seen 
year on year increases in the cost of virtually everything we do. Then the state is also imposing enormous regulatory and compliance costs, costs on dentistry in the last five years. We now have, I think, my last count, three different state agencies involved in the inspection and management of radiation practice and dental practices. And we have to, we have to satisfy all of those regulators. So these kind of things, they just, um, they just increase costs, they increase, and ultimately they increase prices. And Lisa, if I can come to you, I mean, one of the solutions we've always gone for when we have a tight labour market is we just bring them in from somewhere else, right? There, there's hundreds of thousands of people who've come in from other parts of the EU in this economy already. We've obviously a lot of Ukrainian people who are already starting to work in Ireland, even though they've only been here a few weeks. I mean, can we solve any of these staffing problems with other people from other places or is that kind of a drying up as well? I think that is actually, I actually think that could be part of the solution. I think that, you know, first of all, we have to be, we have a very high level of training and education in Ireland. So I think that there does need to be, you know, uh, quality control and making sure that different level of education is appropriate in terms of providing treatment here. I mean, I personally, I've, I've had to, and I've been recruiting from the UK and Europe for 10 years because I have found that, it's very difficult to recruit, and you know, in the west of Ireland, it's it's hard to recruit people um, to work and to want to stay and and to really inv- invest in the practice. So, um, I think it's a combination of both. Is like you know, building out more um, you know graduates, you know, providing dental therapists, you know, creating and kind of establishing more roles within dentistry that takes pressure off the dentist. Um, all the time and so we can kind of flesh that out make prices more um, you know accessible um, but I, I also think recruiting from overseas um, I think that's, that's it's going to play a part an option that I've always looked at and had to look at because it's just not easy to recruit within Ireland Okay if there's any Ukrainian dentists listening in <laughs> I think your moment has arrived uh, Caroline we have a lot of practical queries come sure. in that you might be able to give yeah. us a quick uh, I know you're good at taking these queries one is any advice, tips, etc., for a nervous child going to the dentist, presumably for the first time or even maybe the second? Well, the first thing I would say to any parent listening is start taking your children really, really early and make it fun. That's what I always encourage people to do. Making but, the dentist fun. Yeah, well, no, no honestly. <laughs> That's a stretch. No, I tell you, I have parents coming in saying she went back to the class and she told everybody, they come in, we make it fun, we have a magic nose, we can make that chair go back without any hands, anything moving. They think they're amazing. We just, you count teeth, you, you know, you just make it, you try to make it as fun. It's all about, children dentistry is theatre, it's play acting, you know. It is all about the pantomime and distraction and, look, earlier the better, try to make it, and, and try and bring them before there's a problem. I always say to parents, the aim here for me is for them to develop trust in me. So if they get used to seeing me, God forbid, if something was to happen, a knock on the playground or something did happen, they're coming to see Caroline. They know me. They trust me. I've got a far better chance of being able to do something. So a really nervous child, I would always say to parents as well, be really conscious of the language you use around children. So when you say you're coming in to see the dentist, just say, listen, we're coming in to see Caroline. Don't mention drill. Don't mention drill. <laughs> and don't say she's not going to hurt you because the child's sitting there going, sorry, Why what? are you saying that? What the hell? Why, 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 why is she going I'm to hurt sure me? I'm sure some people are probably texting us who, who are, are want to text us who are adults who are still nervous <laughs> of going to this but just don't want to do it. Another one is what age should a, a child start brushing? What what, what stage in you life? Sh- you should start brushing your children's teeth as soon as they come through. Um 
I advocate, you know, it doesn't even have to be a toothbrush. You just get the little, you know, the little face gloss you use with the babies, the little tiny ones, even roll them up on your finger and just rub, just getting the plaque off. Um, one of my, if, if, if I had one thing that I could change in this country or anywhere in dental is that the first child, the first contact parents should get about healthcare and dentistry should actually be when they're bringing their babies in to see the health nurse for their first check. It's far too late in second class, fourth class, sixth class. It needs to start much sooner than that because dental disease is a preventable disease. So if a dentist was sitting in and could talk to a parent about why putting a baby to bed with a bottle causes problems, why on-demand breastfeeding is, while healthy for the child, causes problems with uh, what we call nursing caries or bottle caries, that learning how to read the um, you know the uh, the product, you know how much sugar's in a product by learning to read the ingredients. That if you look on the back and look up carbohydrates of which are sugars, if you divide that number by four, so if it was twenty grams of sugar, divide it by four, that's five teaspoons of sugar. Well, I've been drinking hot chocolate throughout this entire radio program, so I, I, I'm, I'm in trouble. So okay? It's just it's just education early. So if they could get on it, yeah, and so then it's it, not it, just it a visit. It's no, not just it's a not, visit. It's about it's look. It's, it's I just taking it back to to, to grassroots. That's what I would be saying. Uh, Keith, a lot of the the reason we wanted to talk to you about is the cosmetic side. The veneers, in particular, seem to be a, a, a very popular product right now in service. People looking to look good on Zoom, it sounds to me quite bizarre to me. Most time I'm just trying to get the audio right, never mind what's going on with my choppers. But anyway, in terms of veneers, they are very popular. What kind of, give us a sort of indicative idea of what kind of money you're into if you're going down that road. Yeah, like I think, you know, first of all, when we're looking at cosmetic treatments, the, the most important thing is that it is very, obviously it's very unique to the person, what they want to achieve and, you know, the the requirements that they have. So a lot of times, you know, we would have patients come in and think, OK, I want to have Invisalign or I want veneers. But I think the first thing is to be open that there, to, to the conversation that there are often lots of options. So veneers, you know, typically they can be anywhere from 800 euros to 1200 euros a tooth. So they are a costly um, option. But now, you know, we're looking at a lot more adult orthodontics. You know, we're looking at adult orthodontics plus something called bonding, which is more conservative, it's cheaper, um, you know, it has pros and cons with it. Veneers, you know, like they are a more expensive option. They do um, last longer in terms of they don't need as much upkeep. But again, they are removing enamel from your tooth um, by and large. So it's not the most conservative treatment either. So I think every person is so individual. I think it's really important that you go to a dentist who does a lot of cosmetic dentistry, who is really interested um, in cosmetic dentistry um, and, you know, really explore your options. Because dentistry, uh, you know, the level of training and uh, options and, you know, advancements within dentistry and in particular cosmetic dentistry is, is, you know, huge. And so be open-minded and have a conversation yeah. about what is the best treatment. And it's it's you. important to emphasize on this program as well that the basics are still there, your mm-hmm. fillings and all yeah. that can still get done amid all this uh, somewhat chaotic picture in terms of recruitment and so on. Thanks to all three of you for chipping in. We've Caroline Robbins here in the studio who's chair of the GP committee of the Irish Dental Association. She is at Kiwi Dental in Carlow. Thank you very much for coming in. Lisa Craven who's out in Spotlight Care in Galway and you heard earlier on Keith Redmond who is the owner of Redmond Dental Care in Dublin. Thank you.